Welcome to Beyond the Label podcast by the Blue Journal, where we are not defined by labels or society. Prepare to be inspired by guests who went on a non-traditional path, career choices, living abroad, relationships, self-exploration, and more. This is a safe space to be yourself unapologetically, with no limits to what we can achieve. Hi, everybody! Welcome to Beyond the Label. For those of you listening on Apple Podcast, don't forget to rate us a five stars and leave a review on how we can do better and what you would like more on Beyond the Label. So today, we'll be exploring what it means to be an edutainer. So to know more about that, stay tuned till the end of this interview. And now I am so so excited to introduce to all of you my very good friend Louise Pang, an educator in Hong Kong for over a decade. Hi, how are you, Lian? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here today. So you're known in Hong Kong for being a tutor. Can you tell us more about that? Because being a tutor is quite a niche career. Did you always know you wanted to do this when you were young? Was this your dream career? Can you share with us more about this? Yeah,、um, so I actually entered the tutoring industry ten years ago back in Hong Kong, but the determination to be one started when I was in high school, where I first stepped into a tutorial classroom out of frustration in my academic subject back in school and the stress of getting into a local university. I was dazzled by the performance of celebrity tutors, and I could imagine myself be on stage and dazzle as. Beautifully as those tutor were, so I studied and majored education in college, graduated as a certified tutor, and I entered the tutoring industry, teaching non-English speaking learners in Hong Kong. Slowly into the teaching journey, I spread my business back in China as well, and nowadays I also provide business English training for corporates. And yeah, that's pretty much it. How I entered the industry. Well, that really sounds like you found like your purpose when you were in high school. Like that's a long time ago. Yeah, because okay, you know, like back in high school when you were a teenager, we look up to role models, we look up、yeah. to celebrities, and it happens to me that tutors in Hong Kong were packaged and celebrities with their fabulous outfits, their dynamic presentation, and their whole work. Task force behind them, like a team, a dream team. I was really impressed by how big of a scale an education business could be back in my high school already, and I saw the potential of making it big. So yeah, I want a piece of it. I wanted to really manifest my dynamic presentation skills myself, like how passionate my teaching style is into classrooms to influence students. Yeah, I really think like. The whole star tutor scene in Hong Kong is actually very impressive. I know that a lot of like other places they look into Hong Kong and they like they research it. They're so fascinated by all of this. So for me, I'm not.、Um, I don't really know about the education industry, but I really do see the star tutors, like the advertisement all over Hong Kong on transportation, on buses. It seems like a very public job, like you, what you said, like a celebrity. Does that affect your job as an educator? Like, does that kind of sidetrack the industry, like the education part, and like how do you feel about that? 
Um, I feel like every business has a lot of different variants, different forms, and、um, tutoring or like being a celebrity tutor actually means that you do not only bring education into a classroom but also entertainment. So that's how people call the whole celebrity tutoring industry, entertainment industry. The edge is education, and the attainment comes from entertainment. So every celebrity tutor, in themselves, is an entertainer. We educate and entertain at the same time. We educate through entertainment means. So there was nothing that distracted me from teaching as an entertainer. Instead, I found. My strength in teaching, and also I found the best way to influence my students not only on subject knowledge but also their attitude for life, career, and challenges in their future. Wow, that actually sounds so powerful. Like what you said at the beginning, being a role model that students can look up to—not just in like the teaching part, but also in different aspects. So I also heard that. When you were being a star tutor, your team was whole female. That sounds amazing. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So it started off.、Um, my teaching force was mainly co-ed, so boys and girls. As long as you're passionate about English teaching, I'm happy to take you. And slowly, I realized I. Have more of a purpose in my teaching that is more than just subject knowledge itself. I did want to bring in gender issues in my classrooms. So not only through textbooks, through the teaching materials that I created, I also wanted to create a team, a core team of my own, where people, not only female, actually, also I'm talking about. Homosexuals, if they find a place where they are comfortable working in, and I am able, I have the power to create that working environment for them to talk about whatever they want to, to be themselves and to express themselves in their style they believe in. Then I should totally do it.、Mm-hmm. So that's how the whole. Female-led, female-run teaching force was formed, and they were actually do it voluntarily. They helped my education business expand to the underprivileged families in Hong Kong, where they take free time away from their school schedule. They go to new territories, far-flung areas in Hong Kong, provide free education to students they cannot afford. Oh wow! So. It's really beyond the classroom. So I, I have some questions about this. Actually, like since your main audiences were students from local schools in Hong Kong, were there any opposing views from male colleagues about you having a female team? And also, what about like? Because from my understanding, some local schools in Hong Kong can be quite conservative. Were there any challenges that you were taking on, like homosexual、um, uh, colleagues? Honestly, I personally didn't get a lot of negative reviews in terms of this initiative that I took. But I did have some of my teammates who got some really harsh comments on them, saying, "Why you are." Glamorizing your sexual orientation, or why you are so proud of your sexual 
orientation. Why you always talk about it in public? I'm not completely comfortable about it. So, like, yeah, some of my teammates did told me that they. Constantly get some negative comments, but the truth is, the more we talk about it, the more this topic is brought up inside yeah. and outside of classroom. Even I'm talking about in casual conversations, the more we talk about it, the more discussions there are, the more progressive this topic will be, and more people will be receptive to it. So slowly, my students are actually. Let me go back to a minute ago. My students are not gradually accepting this idea of having no. a whole girl gang. They like the idea in the first place, and that's why my clients, aka my students, they come into my mm. class so that they can enjoy the whole safe environment that they can see my teammates work in, so they can enjoy. That I bring some taboo topics inside the classroom on the table that they're not able to learn about in school. They can learn in Louise's classroom. Wow, I think for me, like if I were a student, I would definitely love to be in an environment like that because I went to a local school before, and those were definitely topics that we could not talk about. So it would be so amazing to have a place. Outside of the school environment, but it's also like a safe space, and we know what's going on. Like that's super powerful. Yeah, especially a school with a specific religion that they stick to. It would be particularly yeah. hard. No, yeah, definitely. So, is that still ongoing? Like in your career right now, do you still have that sort of、um, female-led team? Yes, correct. So my、um, the task force behind my current e-learning platform, which back in the days I taught in、um, a physical classroom. So now I move everything online, everything virtual. But yes, I try to keep my team not a hundred percent. It's very hard because I try to be inclusive of a lot of、uh, different genders with. Any sexual orientation that is difficult in the society,、mm-hmm. so I try to make it eighty five percent or above. And、um, one thing that I insist on doing, even online, no matter online offline, is to bring those uncomfortable topics on the table. Now I bring those uncomfortable topics in front of the camera. Can you tell us more about this new online teaching thing that you're doing? Like, where can we find it? Is it open to public? Like, what are you trying to do? Right. So, Advocate is this ad tech business that I'm currently starting. Advocate, the ad in Advocate is education. And focus is vocate, which means vocation,、oh. which means education for jobs. So basically, this platform not only do I target in Hong Kong local secondary school students to help them through this non-English speaking background, help them through college admission, help them to migrate to overseas country. I also want to help the current workforce in Hong Kong who is looking to have a life. Have a career overseas to help them with application and interview process. So basically, this whole advocate, this online platform, I want to focus on what Hong Kong learners currently need. Not only they need e-learning access for English language, they also 
need an opportunity to move overseas right now with the whole political mm-hmm. environment as well as the pandemic situation. A lot of people want a choice, want an alternative, want an opportunity. So that's how advocate stands in. I think this type of new type of learning, especially with COVID, like everything's moving online, it's really great that you're doing this right now. And like you said, I think people are starting to think about where they are in life, and definitely is really good to have this kind of language knowledge to be able to make a choice. So, do you have any? Challenges that come with this, because I think from what I know, you were not in the tech industry yourself, right? Were there no, any? No, not at all. Tell us more. Like, was it like a big switch in industries? Like, did you have to learn a lot about the coding side? Right. So, coding side, I am an absolute zero. So, which means <laughs> I have to start everything from scratch if I'm writing my own code. So, this is not happening. Um, I do have a programmer who help incorporate the technology that YouTube and Netflix uses. So, um, the platform that I'm using right now, I'm going to upload those learning materials through the same technology YouTube and Netflix are using to make sure the quality of viewing. Is on par with international level, which is rare in Hong Kong. Because so far, as long as I know, in Hong Kong or Asia, there isn't any online streaming or even like online hosting platform that can be as accommodating as YouTube or Netflix is. So, I did have hired um, professionals to get the tech side done. But on my side, my biggest challenge will be how to make sure my courses are heard, my services are heard. So the problem is, I understand that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, you have the right gadget, the right devices to learn from all of these amazing content podcasts online. But when we're talking about young learners, or even like Southeast Asia, or like far flung area in China, a lot of families, they have no access to those compatible mobile devices. So this is one of the biggest challenge that any edtech companies, including myself is facing. That's one. And second will be uh, no internet connection. Not a lot of areas have great internet to be compatible with the technology that YouTube, Netflix, is the two platforms are providing. Another challenge that I would say is not that I'm facing, but most ad tech businesses are facing, is students feeling. Lonely and isolated at home, looking at the screen. But um, this is so far not my problem because, as I said, I'm used to teaching in front of a camera. I'm used to the whole bringing entertainment value in education. So so far, that wouldn't be a problem. But I'll update you once I pilot my program and see what the responses are. Yeah. Yes. Please let us know, Absolutely. like when everything like goes live, and we're so excited to look forward to that. So, like from what I heard, there's been a lot of technical struggles, and you know, on like content creation, like what you have to do with that. So, what about on a more personal level, like through this journey, have mm-hmm. you encountered some big challenges, and can you tell us more about how you overcome it? Right. So I guess just now at the very beginning in this podcast, you mentioned how the public view 
a celebrity tutor or agitator would more be a public figure or even a celebrity. I am not proud of the name of being a celebrity tutor, nor I enjoy the fame that the job gave me, Um, mainly because the biggest challenge of being one, being an entertainer, being an agitator is the amount of negative feedback and the amount of bullying, the amount of hate you would receive. So I went through that stage as well, where I would get a mental breakdown when I received too much negative comments. I took it too personally. I'm sure you do too, right, Leanne? You you have a yeah. social media account where you post like your lifestyle and stuff, right? Yes, definitely. Like especially now with things being so open in the public, people mm-hmm. can easily attack you online or you know like anonymously about you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that too. And also being a female, like a female public yeah. figure, right? Yeah. It's not any easier. So, I would say to handle those negative comments, those hate the way i deal with it now is not to hold grudges not to fight back not to whatever the the best way that i personally find in dealing with hate and stuff is is not to ignore it i know a lot of people just tell you like ignore those comments delete those comments you know turn a blind eye to those comments but the thing is deep down we know that we read those comments and we take them too personally so we have to face it right but how to face negativity how to face hate it's really to be kind yourself okay so to be kind means to be kind to the person that hates you I know it's very difficult. It almost sounds impossible. Yeah. But we try to imagine when that person is typing that hate comment or like a hate essay about you online, that person is really invested in you. That's first. Okay. And the energy that he invested or she invested in writing that hate comment, we try to find the origin of that hate. And trust me, usually they hate you not because your stuff is bad, the stuff you post is bad, or the business you're running they don't agree with. It's mostly because they're having a bad day. It's mostly because they're going through maybe some family trauma. Maybe their wife gave him a bad time, you know? So, by being kind to your haters, it's really to empathize with them when they write that negative comment to you. You don't shoo those negativity under the carpet. Mm-hmm. You confront it. You look at it and you're like, hmm, okay, I gotcha. I feel so bad for you. And that's it. Okay. So that this is how I deal with negativity right now. Even I'm not teaching physically in Hong Kong. Somehow people still talk about my entertainment work online. How do I hear about it? Of course, my ex-students and also my friends on social media who are very active on online forums and stuff. 
it would happen. Like as long as you have social media presence, people will talk about you, and we have yeah. to realize that if they make one bad comment about you, it doesn't mean that your stuff is bad. It only means that they are really having a bad time, a bad day. So I totally agree with what you just said. Like I think it's such a great reminder to tell people that it's actually not their fault. Like. No one did anything wrong to receive these kind of hateful comments. Mm-hmm. It's really just you know the haters projecting their insecurities online, mm-hmm. and they're just hating on whoever that's you know doing something well, or even just like posting a nice photo. They just cannot stand it. Yeah, um, maybe it's also another opportunity. For us as influencers to create content to help those people with their insecurities to raise awareness, maybe they are not even aware of how insecure they are right. or how like like how how revengeful they are. They they never notice, right? Yeah. So when when you get um, a hate comment, it's actually a sign to remind you that oh maybe perhaps you can create some content to remind um, that certain group of audience. Um, Maybe you're insecure. Then um, I am suggesting these, 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 like meditation or like little habits that I used to adopt that can effectively deal with my own insecurities in the past. Right. So if they are following you, they're leaving you comment. They are following your own healing journey as well. Yeah. No, I completely agree because a lot of times when we are angry and when we See something that we don't like. We are blinded by that sudden rage of emotion, and mm-hmm. we don't realize that it's actually something deeper that's going on with ourselves. So, if I scroll on Instagram and I see a post addressing these insecurities, I will become more aware. So, I definitely think this is a good tip for influencers and content creators out there. That if you see hateful comments, this is like an option to react to it. Yeah, it's not about you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So for the last question for this episode, this is a question that I ask all of my guests here. Can you tell us something that you love about yourself? I actually really adore one of my personality traits that I can always see the positive side of mm. everything. I wouldn't say I was trained to think that way, but I'm forever grateful. That this is a gift that I was born with, and I use it, apply it on myself, and I have a very good platform to use this ability to influence my audience. When I see a person that maybe a lot of people think he or she is selfish or has any ill intention. Now I try to think of the good side about him or her. I try to empathize with him or her. I try to understand the hardship that he or she might go through instead of reacting to it. And also, positivity doesn't only mean how you see a person. It also, to me, it means. When it comes to adversity, hardship, challenges, yeah, I'm a human too. I would dread myself. I feel gloomy. I'm sad, and I cry at times. But eventually, after 
all of the grind, all of the tears. I always find myself at the end of the tunnel. I always move forward and upward because I really like the energy of being on the positive side. And I know that if I like that energy, if I want to be on that side, then I need to stand up and walk towards there. So I did fall nine times a lot, but on the 10th time, I always decide to stand up. Positivity to me is a choice that I always make. And I am proud of that. And I love myself for that. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. I think all of us need to hear that. It's just something that we know, but we just need to be reminded that there will always be an end to like negative things that we're feeling or that's happening right now. There's always an end to it. There is always an end. And after everything, after all the adversity, you are going to create something even better, something even more magical that you can never imagine yourself doing or being at. So having a positive mind is not just a mantra, not just a motivation quote, it's a choice that you consciously make. And when you make that, you have to be very proud of yourself. Yes, no, definitely. We have to give ourselves some pat on the back every time we make a good decision. Like even if it's just waking up in the morning and we don't compliment ourselves enough. Mm, yeah, appreciation and always, yeah, compliment yourself and compliment people around you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing with us your journey and your struggles. It's been really good talking to you. And it's so powerful that you're sharing all of this to a public audience. Likewise, Leanne, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing your new ventures. And oh, can you tell us um, about where we can find you online or if there's any like Instagram handles? Sure. I'm active on three channels. First is my education IG account is XX, Louise Page XX. It mainly talks about my education business and how I see education in Hong Kong. If you want to dive into my lifestyle side, I have a personal blog is at girly underscore machine. You can also find me on YouTube. It's going to be Louise Page official. Thank you so much. So everybody, if you're interested in what an edutainer do, go and find Louise right now. Thank you so much for listening and we That's hope to talk fun. to you again soon. Good luck. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Label. Don't forget to subscribe and to follow our Instagram at the Blue Journal for your daily dose of self-love.